Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same drop-down menu, there is a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.20 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 29, The Awakening with Section 6, The Dwelling, The Changeless Dwelling Place, Section 6, The Changeless Dwelling Place, and Section 7, Forgiveness and Peace. At the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson. Lesson 308, This Instant is the Only Time There Is. Now be led by plan. All right, um, Lori, do you have another another one of your excellent openings for us this morning? I do, Lemoyne, and I waited for this one this morning. Uh, it's called Guest House. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival. A joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if there are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. They may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. This instant is the only time there is. Amen. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Laurie. It's a keeper, Laurie. Thank you. Just wonderful. Thank you, Laurie. Oh, thanks, you guys. You said that was Rumi? It is. Yes, that was Rumi. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Okay. Um, well, I go through the reading list. Uh, with us in reading today, we have Lori, 
Robin Marie, Yvonne, Fran, Jessica, and Micah. With us and listening, we have Ida, Judy, Roz, and Harrison. Is there anyone else who's joined the call and would like to announce, to say good morning or join the reading with? Wendy's listening. Thank you, Wendy. I will uh, get us started then with uh, chapter 29, The Awakening, section 6, The Changeless Dwelling Place. Paragraph 31. There is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten, where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time has left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still no sound except the hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide are they remembered, both. And where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and where they are, forever must you be. Glory. Chapter 29, The Awakening, Section 6, The Changeless Dwelling Place. There is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten, where no memory of sin or illusion lingers still. There's a place in you where time has left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound except a hymn to heaven rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide, are they remembered both. And where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and where they are, forever must you be. 32. I think there's one unmuted line. There we go. The changelessness of heaven (laughs) is in you, so deep within that nothing in this world but passes by unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace, so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator, nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him waken and be glad. He is part of you, and you of him, because he is his father's son, and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you, 
but to accept the changeless and eternal that that abide in him for your identity is there the peace in you can but be found in him and every thought of love you offer him but brings you nearer to your awakening to peace eternal and to endless joy Thank you, Lori. And Robin Marie? 32. The changelessness of heaven is in you, so deep within that nothing in this world but passes by unnoticed and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator. Nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role that Holy Spirit gives to you who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him, waken, and be glad. He is a part of you and you of him because he is his Father's Son, and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him, for your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him, and every thought of love you offer him but brings you nearer to your awakening, to peace eternal, and to endless joy. This sacred son of God is like yourself, the mirror of his father's love for you, the soft reminder of his father's love by which he was created and which still abides in him as it abides in you. Be very still and hear God's voice in him. And let it tell you what his function is. He was created that you might be whole. For only the complete can be a part of God's completion, which created you. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne. This sacred son of God is like yourself, the mirror of his father's love for you, the soft reminder of his father's love by which he was created and which still abides in him, as it abides in you. Be very still and hear God's voice in him and let it tell you what his function is. He was created that you might be whole, for only the complete can be a part of God's completion, which created you. There is no gift the Father asks of you, but that you see in all creation, but the shining glory of his gift to you. Behold his Son, his perfect gift, in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is it given you. And where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet 
that surrounds you dwells in him. And from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. These are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And friends. 34. There is no gift the Father asks of you, but that you see in all creation but the shining glory of his gift to you. Behold his Son, his perfect gift in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is it given you, and where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him, and from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. These are not hands that grasp in dreams of pain. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world. And being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. 35. If you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. For you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and lead God's son unto his father's house. Would you not want to be a friend to him, created by his father as his home? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find his peace? Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Believe him not, but learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. Thank you, friend. Jessica. 35. <clears throat> if you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness. You would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. For you would understand how great the cost of holding anything God did not give in minds that can direct the hand to bless and lead God's Son unto his Father's house. Would you not want to be a friend to him, created by his father as his home? If God esteems him worthy of himself, would you attack him with the hands of hate? Who would lay bloody hands on heaven itself and hope to find its peace? Your brother thinks he holds the hands of death for the hand of death. Believe him not but learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. 
A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death. A dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil separate dreams of hate. Why does it seem so hard to share this dream? Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death's services. Each form it takes in some way calls for death. And those who serve the Lord of death have come to worship in a separate world, a separated world, each with his tiny spear and a rusted sword to keep his ancient promises to die. Thank you, Jessica and Micah. Okay. <clears throat> oh, hang on just a second. Okay, uh, 36. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. A dream is given you in which you have forgiven him for all his dreams of death. A dream of hope you share with him instead of dreaming evil, separate dreams of hate. Why does it seem so hard to share this dream? Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death services. Each form it takes in some way calls for death, and those who serve the Lord of death have come to worship in a separated world, each with his tiny spear and rusted sword, to keep his ancient promises to die. 37. Such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from use by him who sees a different function for a dream. When dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation, even though it was for this that every dream was made. Yet nothing in the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment. For here is not where changelessness is found. Let us be glad indeed that this is so. Seek not the eternal in this world. Forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 37? and rolling into the next section of its title. A new reader? Oh, I could do it, Lemoyne. Here we go. Such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from him, or from use by him, 
who sees a different function for a dream? When dreams are shared, they lose the function of attack and separation, even though it was for this that every dream was made. Yet nothing in the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment, for here is not where changelessness is found. Let us be glad indeed that this is so, and seek not the eternal in this world. Forgiving dreams are means to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. Forgiveness and the end of time. How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much do you desire peace instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same in different form. Forgiveness is your peace. For herein lies the end of separation and the dream of danger and destruction, the dream of sin and death, the dream of madness and of murder, the dream of grief and loss. This is the sacrifice salvation asks and gladly offers peace instead of this. Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, thank you, Judy. And is there uh, another new reader to do section title 38 and start at paragraph 38? Another new reader? Okay, back to you, Lori. Section 7, Forgiveness and Peace. How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much do you desire peace instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same, in different form. Forgiveness is your peace, for herein lies the end of separation and the dream of danger and destruction, sin and death of madness and of murder, grief, and loss. This is the so-called sacrifice. Salvation asks and gladly offers peace instead of this. 39. Swear not to die, you holy son of God. You make a bargain you cannot keep. The son of life cannot be killed. He is immortal as his father. What he is cannot be changed. He is the only thing in all the universe that must be one. What seems eternal, all will have an end. Stars will disappear and night and day will be no more. All things that come and go, the tides, the seasons, and the lives of men, all things that change with time and bloom and fade will not return. Where time has set an end, it's not where the eternal is. 
God's Son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and as he is. For time appointed not his destiny nor the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him. Yet time waits upon forgiveness that the things of time may disappear because they have no use. Thank you, Lori. And Robin Marie. 39. <clears throat> Swear not to die, you holy son of God. You make a bargain that you cannot keep. The son of life cannot be killed. He is immortal as his father. What he is cannot be changed. He is the only thing in all the universe that must be one. What seems eternal, all will have an end. The stars will disappear, and night and day will be no more. All things that come and go, the tides, the seasons, and the lives of men, all things that change with time and bloom and fade will not return where time has set an end is not where the eternal is. <clears throat> God's son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and as he is, for time appointed not his destiny, nor set the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him. Yet time waits upon forgiveness that the things of time may disappear because they have no use. 40. Nothing survives its purpose. If it be conceived to die, then die it must, unless it does not take this purpose as its own. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here, where purpose is not fixed, however changeless it appears to be. Think not that you can set a goal unlike God's purpose, for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remain the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Oh, sorry, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Sir Robin Murray. And Yvonne? Okay, Lemoyne, thank you. Nothing survives its purpose. If it be conceived to die, then die it must unless it does not take this purpose as its own. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here, where purpose is not fixed, however changeless it appears to be. Think not that you can set a goal unlike God's purpose for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Change 
is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and changed that time might be preserved, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway, held seeming sway is now re- has now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment, nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yvonne and Fran. 41. <clears throat> you were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time and changed that time might be preserved, expecting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending, when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. Time can set no end to its fulfillment nor its changelessness. There is no death because the living share the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension, that it be as one forever and forever without end. 42. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's Son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed, and nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear, how filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgotten such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Thank you, friend. And Jessica. 42. This world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think that it was made to crucify God's son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed, and nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. 
How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear. How filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgot in such a world. It is a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Amen. And thank you, Jessica. Okay, well, (laughs) I needed this this morning. All right, from the changeless dwelling place, there is a place in you where this whole world has been forgotten, where no memory of sin and of illusion lingers still. There is a place in you which time has left and echoes of eternity are heard. There is a resting place so still, no sound, except the hymn to heaven, rises up to gladden God the Father and the Son. Where both abide are they remembered, both, and where they are is heaven and is peace. Think not that you can change their dwelling place, for your identity abides in them, and where they are forever must you be. The changelessness of heaven is in you, so deep within that nothing in this world but passes by, unnoticed, and unseen. The still infinity of endless peace surrounds you gently in its soft embrace so strong and quiet, tranquil in the might of its creator, nothing can intrude upon the sacred Son of God within. Here is the role the Holy Spirit gives to you who wait upon the Son of God and would behold him waken and be glad. He is a part of you and you of him because he is his father's son and not for any purpose you may see in him. Nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him for your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him. And every thought of love you offer him, but brings you nearer to your awakening to peace eternal and endless joy. Be very still and hear God's voice in him, and let it tell you what his function is. He was created that you might be whole, for only the complete can be a part of God's completion, which created you. 
There is no gift the Father asks of you, but that you see in all creation, but the shining glory of his gift to you. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him, and from this quiet come the happy dreams in which your hands are joined in innocence. They hold no sword, for they have left their hold on every vain illusion of the world, and being empty, they received instead a brother's hand in which completion lay. If you but knew the glorious goal that lies beyond forgiveness, you would not keep hold on any thought, however light the touch of evil on it may appear to be. Your brother thinks he holds the hand of death. Believe him not, but learn instead how blessed are you who can release him just by offering him yours. A dream is given you in which he is your savior, not your enemy in hate. Because unless the Holy Spirit gives the dream its function, it was made for hate and will continue in death services. Such is the core of fear in every dream that has been kept apart from use by him who sees a different function for a dream. Yet nothing within the world of dreams remains without the hope of change and betterment, for here is not where changelessness is found. Let us be glad indeed that this is so, and seek not the eternal in this world. Forgiving dreams are meant to step aside from dreaming of a world outside yourself and leading finally beyond all dreams unto the peace of everlasting life. So to section 7, Forgiveness and Peace. Paragraph 38, How willing are you to forgive your brother? How much do you desire peace instead of endless strife and misery and pain? These questions are the same in different form. Forgiveness is your peace, for herein lies the end of separation and all dreams of danger and destruction. These dreams are the quote-unquote sacrifice that salvation has, and salvation gladly offers peace instead of this. Where time has set an end, or a beginning, is not where the eternal is. God's Son can never change by what men made of him. He will be as he was and as he is, for time appointed not his destiny, nor set the hour of his birth and death. Forgiveness will not change him, yet time waits upon forgiveness, that the things of time may disappear because they have no use. 40. 
Nothing survives its purpose. Change is the only thing that can be made a blessing here where purpose is not fixed, however changeless it appears to be. Think not you can set a goal unlike God's purpose for you and establish it as changeless and eternal. You can give yourself a purpose that you do not have, but you cannot remove the power to change your mind and see another purpose there. Change is the greatest gift God gave to all that you would make eternal to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. You were not born to die. You cannot change because your function has been fixed by God. All other goals are set in time, excepting one. Forgiveness does not aim at keeping time, but at its ending when it has no use. Its purpose ended, it is gone. And where it once held seeming sway is now restored the function God established for his son in full awareness. There is no death because the living share of the function their creator gave to them. Life's function cannot be to die. It must be life's extension that it be as one forever and forever without end. This world, number 42, this world will bind your feet and tie your hands and kill your body only if you think it was made to crucify God's Son. For even though it was a dream of death, you need not let it stand for this to you. Let this be changed, and nothing in the world but must be changed as well. For nothing here but is defined as what you see it for. How lovely is the world whose purpose is forgiveness of God's Son. How free from fear. (coughs) How free from fear. How filled with blessing and with happiness. And what a joyous thing it is to dwell a little while in such a happy place. Nor can it be forgotten in such a world. It is just a little while till timelessness comes quietly to take the place of time. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to a little trip there. Through forgiveness, to peace. And friend, are you? We're a few minutes past the top of the hour. Would you like to lead our remembrance of Lesson 308? Sure. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on now is what is the second coming? And our lesson is lesson 308. This instant is the only time there is. 
Thus, I'll read some from what is the second coming. Christ's second coming, which is sure as God, is merely the correction of mistakes and the return of sanity. It is the all-inclusive nature of Christ's second coming that permits it to embrace the world and hold you safe within its gentle advent, which encompasses all living things with you. There is no end to the release the second coming brings. The second coming ends the lessons which the Holy Spirit teaches, making way for the last judgment in which learning ends in one last summary that will extend beyond itself and reaches up to God. The second coming is the one event in time which time itself cannot affect. For everyone who ever came to die or yet will come or who is present now is equally released from what he made. Pray that the second coming will be soon, but do not rest with that. It needs your eyes and ears and hands and feet. It needs your voice. And most of all, it needs your willingness. Let us rejoice that we can do God's will and join together in its holy light. Behold, the Son of God is one in us, and we can reach our Father's love through him. And we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 308. This instant is the only time there is. I have conceived of time in such a way that I defeat my aim. If I elect to reach past time to timelessness, I must change my perception of what time is for. Time's purpose cannot be to keep the past and future one. The only interval in which I can be saved from time is now. For in this instant has forgiveness come to set me free. The birth of Christ is now, without a past or future. He has come to give his present blessing to the world, restoring it to timelessness and love. And love is ever-present, here and now. Thanks for this instant, Father. It is now I am redeemed. This instant is the time you have appointed for your son's release and for salvation of the world in him. And we'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 308. This instant is the only time there is. Thanks for this instant, Father. It is now I am redeemed. This instant is the time you have appointed for your son's release 
and for salvation of the world in him. Lesson 308, this instant is the only time there is. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran. Thanks so much, Fran. Beautiful. Thank you, Fran. Good morning. It's Harrison. And I read lessons like this. It reminds me of how tied to time I am. How much of a role time plays in and how I see myself and how I see the world. Um, this lesson reminds me that the only time that's really important and significant is the holy instant. Ken Wapnick describes the holy instant as the true present outside of time. And for those of us who um, where time is Played such a significant role in our experience. It's a little hard to um, accept the idea that the time we thought existed does not exist that the holy instant is the only time there is. So there's no past, there's no present (laughs) as we understand it, and no future. And if I can accept the idea of the holy instant, the true present, outside of time, time does not exist in the holy instant. It's only now. And if I can embrace that idea, then I in the process 
I give up my belief in the reality of the ego's thought system of sin, guilt, and fear. All of that is time-bound. But if there's no time, the past is gone, so sin is gone. The past is gone, so guilt over something that happened in the past is gone. Fear is gone, which is bound to something that happened that I now have judged as fearful. So if I can embrace this instant, then the prayer tells me that I am now redeemed. This instant is the time God, my Father, has appointed for his son's release and for salvation of the world in him. So at that, this point, if I can accept this idea that this instant is the only time there is, I will experience only God. I will experience only myself as God created me. And the whole idea of time is now in the wastebasket. Because eternity is the absence of time. And eternity is only where we reside, God's Son resides, in eternity. So if I can stop judging time by my experience in this world, being born, growing up, uh, getting old, dying, all of that is time-bound attack, sickness, all of that is time-bound. So if I can let that go and recognize that I exist only in an instant and God is there with me. God and all creation is there with me in that instant. And there is no other time. 
I'm complete. That was beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. That was very helpful. <laughs> Thank you for the wisdom. Thanks, Harrison. This is Ida. Hi. Good morning. Um, love being with you. Um, yeah. It's sometimes it's as if we we might act as if it's it's a mental trick to let go of the past and the future because we know in our minds that that um, there really is no past or future. Only when the past was now is was it there, and only when the future is now is it there. And uh, I learned when researching a college paper a long time ago, I wish I still kept it, I got an A. I didn't usually get that on papers, but um, about called the influence of language on culture that um, the Hopi have no past tense in their native language. Um, they're very communal. And I think that might be a secret to um, the rest of us that are not necessarily Hopi, um, having an experience of the timelessness that he was talking about um, when it's like the holy instant, it's like the holy instant, right? Not the holy past or future. It's, so you get an experience of that timelessness in the holy instant as well. And eternity, you know, is the reality. And But for a mind game, I love turning it over, turning it over in my mind over and over the, um, the phrase, there's no time like the present. <laughs> There's no time like the present. Think about it. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Thank that you, was Ida. great. Thank you, Ida. Thank, Thank you, Ida. Ida. That was really Thank great. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Ida. That's... Thank you for that, Ida. <laughs> I want to say there's no time that likes the present except the present. <laughs> The rest are trying to cover it over. <clears throat> Patricia here this morning. My favorite subject is time. And what happened, you know, when eternity was just teaching me and leading and so that when one thing that was is helpful and so delightful <clears throat> to function with a, a body and a story in time as an eternal And this eternal that sees time 
is teaching me to see it in a brand new way. It's not an enemy. It's not even something that exists and then doesn't exist. It's something that serves as a tool. And it's become very wonderful teaching. I get shown to use it as if time were simply something that ripens. And you know if you take your attention with time and give your attention totally to it, you can see how everything ripens in the garden, in the child, in all things, as a a one-of-a-kind apple on that tree. It's made to ripen from within. And no, no part of my ego will ever be fooled to try to think I can see that other one because now she's learned. Time is simply a tool that ripens that other one. I can't look inside an apple. If I were to cut it open and look inside and to tell you what the truth is of that other person, that other thing, I would be destroying its own ripening. So that's the first thing that changed for me. When I wanted eternity full-time, it said, then let me lead you. First, when time is in your mind, think of it as ripening something. And if you object, that's your own interference and you'll never see. And the second thing that was just so gorgeous, you guys, was as I began to enjoy time this way, I'm practicing so sincerely right now to be able to say this simple. These little ripenings of all of you don't need to go in any kind of a sequence anymore. I have total freedom in this open, eternal brain that's so happy that it's empty just to listen. What comes in is that Uh, something that yells angrily and then turns around and cries and so sweetly gives me the jacket off their back kind of thing. There's no opposites because when time simply ripens, it's like it's free to bubble up and never have to be put in a sequence again. And boy, is my ego happy not to have to do that. And that's probably the biggest freedom I have right now. Once I didn't need to judge or blame things and got the freedom to have time just let God's way of ripening. The second thing now is when everybody's truths or situations pop up, I just see bubbles in an ocean of variety and I don't need to make sense of it because time, if I tried to do it, eternity says, you'll close me down, Patricia. If you try to turn time into an authority, into something you can line up 
and make something go good or bad, you shut me down. And uh, you open me up when you just let time ripen. And the beauty, you're closer to God when it makes no sense. Because then you know. Then you know you're free to let it make sense to every person or no sense. We're just being ripened. So when I didn't have to put things in order to decide how good or bad or valuable it was and just let time be what it is, oh, you guys, it's so free. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Beautiful, Patricia. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Patricia. Yeah, thank you, Patricia. Super. So another thing I like to think about is that 
we're always, because of what we know, because of the truth about time and space, we are always now, and we are always here. Here is the only place we could be, just as now is the only time we could be in. So if you put those two words together, we're literally nowhere. And we're nowhere because our physical bodies don't count because they're not eternal, so they're not real. So the Course says, normally did they, they say, you aren't your physical bodies. You, I am not a body, I am free. But the physical body doesn't even actually exist. Um, it's a, another construct. It's another, quote-unquote, illusion. We are, we are now, we are here, we are nowhere. And we love it. I mean, at some point we love it when we don't, when we don't feel threatened by that concept. Thanks, I'm complete. Thank you, Aida. Thank you, Aida. Thank you, Aida. Yeah, thanks, Aida. Hey, guys. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Go for it. Okay, I will. I love this. This is a very powerful text reading and, and the lesson to um, Holy Rolling Instance. I, I um, you know, used to call upon the Holy Spirit and say... I give this instant to you to restore me to complete sanity, complete joy, complete peace, complete happiness, to know myself as God created me, that having everything and being everything, having and being are equal in truth, the truth of who I am, the truth of the reality of what I am. And in consistently... And constantly doing that, I came to be aware of the truth of who I am, that I am purely mind, a part of the mind of God that is always present in that holy communion, that holy communion with my creator that's always here and always now, and I can't be anywhere at random because I have a function, God-given function, to forgive the world and restore the kingdom to the kingdom. So everywhere I go and everything I see and everything I touch and taste or experience is all uh, an expression of, of me as the Son of God meeting God himself. God gave himself to me in, in creating me and extending me. And that in only loving thoughts that I can extend are the truth. So, you know, it was when I started reading where I did, and I, I read Forgiveness and the End of Time. And then when Lori reread it, she said forgiveness and, and peace and peace. And I thought, what is time all about? Time is a construction of the ego. It's seeking seeking to hold on to the past, pleasure, pleasure, um, pleasurable experiences, and the memory of, of hurts in order to learn how to avoid them in the future. So ergo, here it comes. It's seeking either to resist and avoid or to seek and find 
happiness outside of itself. And, you know, that um, forgiveness and peace, that forgiveness, as the reading says, forgiveness is my peace. Because in overlooking, overlooking, overlooking the world as something outside of me and as knowing it as, as everything is, a part of me as an idea in my mind that I share with God, everything being an idea in the mind of God, I think was one of the most important concepts, thinking of everything as an idea, not as a material thing, not as objects outside that I'm a perceiver and perceiving something outside of me materially, but just seeing everything as myself and everything is an idea. It's easy for me to understand that, that having every, everything and being everything is a part of me in the one-mindedness of God, of whose mind I share, is my peace, is my happiness, is my joy. And that is the safety and the protection and the united power, the loving power of God as God created reality. And, you know, that perception needs to be undone, that salvation is to be saved of perception, the slicing and dicing of reality according to, to fear, fearful perceptions or not threatening perceptions, you know, happy dream versus an unhappy dream. And knowing that I'm the only thing in all the universe that must be one. I can't be changed. The changelessness in me is the changelessness in God. And I love that. So we're not to die. I can't make myself into, into something temporal, something changes, something that dies, something that is born and then dies. I can't do that. I can't change the changelessness. In me, I'm as immortal as my father. I'm am 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 as immortal as my father. And um, what seems that word seems what seems eternal will all have an end. Anything that comes and goes, that changes, is is something to be perceived. It's an object of perception. Any anything that's temporal is not changeless, and is something that is an expression of our creative power that's always, always and forever extending itself in its creative ability. And that's the wonder of the mystery of it. But um, that, we, that line, change is the greatest gift God gave to all who would make eternal what's not eternal, to ensure that only heaven would not pass away. So it's in recognizing things that change are not me. Anything that can change that's in conflict with the thoughts that God put in my mind when he created me, thoughts that are eternal, thoughts that are true, thoughts that are universally applicable to everybody equally, is is what the world is for. The world and time's purpose are the same. 
to overlook what changes in order to know my changeless happiness. My awareness, the totality of my changelessness is my happiness, a happiness that's not contingent on anything outside of me. And I can't forget it because it's all around me. Anything that changes, you can't grasp it. You can't hold on to it. You can't. It's, 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 it's come and gone. And we're not comings and goings. We're changelessly. The permanent, unshakable knowing that I am being in God. And that never changes. Hoo-wee. That's huge stuff. Thank you for um, giving us space to be together and come to our highest, holiest knowing of who and what we are always in the mind of God. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Huge stuff indeed. Thank you, Judy. Thank Thank you. And listen, Micah, that that idea of looking at um, you know, in the moment what's not changing has always been a very practical uh, portal in, into uh, a lifting out of body identification in a dream of space time, and and to look at what's not changing, it, 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 starting in on the petri dish you know, deep into the illusion of a separate self, immersed in form amongst all these other forms and to be starting to look at what's not changing. And the perceptions get real soft. The eyes start to soften. And and not looking at form, but almost like the particles between the forms, you know, it's just um, this changeless reality is permeating everything and it's a different kind of vision a different kind of feeling and sensing and then this world of the of the spacious self starts to open up but i was, I was uh, really appreciating how loving this work is and um it started in the beginning part of the text here where let me just turn it real quick here. Um, nothing is asked of you but to accept the changeless and eternal that abide in him, our brother and sister, for your identity is there. The peace in you can but be found in him, and every thought of love you offer him but brings you near to your awakening to peace eternal and to endless joy and we we start in in a very intimate way back into the petri dish you know we're zooming in and out all i mean i i'm zooming in and out uh, quite a bit and so we're back down in the petri dish and we're looking at each other you know these forms and we're seeing a holiness in them and we start to send out these love messengers and they come back with messages of love 
And uh, and every thought of love you offer him but brings you near to your awakening and peace eternal and endless joy. And then down in paragraph 34, Behold his Son, his perfect gift, in whom his Father shines forever, and to whom is all creation given as his own. Because he has it, is it given you, and where it lies in him, behold your peace. The quiet that surrounds you dwells in him. And and we just have these wonderful holy relationships where they be they too become this portal into um, a, a divine experience, and and more and more I'm seeing how. Well, I came across these quotes. I'll read these first. It's um, when you want only love, you will see nothing else. Another one: if you make love manifest. Its messengers will come to you because you invited them. And the last one. For if love is sharing, how can you find it except through itself? Offer it, and it will come to you because it is drawn to itself. And sending out these, you know, opening up to uh, sending out these messengers of love instead of messengers of judgment and and separation and I'm just surprised how easily that option stands before me in every moment you know I I can choose what messengers I'm going to send out to to bring me back their evidence and um and it, the results are it's so easy to choose love instead of separation and attack and judgment um, but anyway, this is, uh, you know, we're, we're being moved in such a loving way. Uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. And uh, anyway, that, thank you, everybody. Appreciate everybody. I'm done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very much, David. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Micah. You bet. I love that quote, Micah, that um, finding your identity there, that is how we see the Holy Spirit in everything, the call for love, for love to be its Amen. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Julie. You're welcome. Sorry, you're awfully quiet. Thinking so many thoughts this morning. 
come and waiting, waiting. I uh, I read something recently about um, about an ancient master who practiced yoga, and he had many students, and the students came to him and wanted more wanted more about his wisdom and truth. And so he stopped talking and he started drawing. And on the board behind him, he drew a picture of many old, old beings gathered around a very small young boy. And and he said he said to um, the people that were there listening to him that this is what truth is like. And the people listening to him said, "You've made a mistake. Um, you've made the mistake of of showing the disciples as being very old and the one following being very young. Shouldn't it be the other way around?" And the master said, no. He said, consciousness, consciousness is very, very old. Aware of many things. But awareness is always young and always fresh. Forever young, he said. Awareness is forever young. And I thought of that story this morning in this lesson on timelessness, this instant is the only time there is. And when I think of that in relation to what he's given in these two sections, um, it fills me with great joy. Because timelessness is that experience of fresh awareness. It's always fresh. The miracle it's always now. It's it's not, you know, you can't recollect to yourself a miracle and experience its freshness yesterday or tomorrow. <laughs> it's always now. And um, And here's the thing that I find um, penetrating every one of these paragraphs, that now is any moment that I choose to share truth. It's the sharing of it. It's the um, wide open hands to give and receive, to receive and give, that makes awareness fresh and new every moment, like a child, always fresh. And and so, um, that's why I sat so long this morning. Yesterday, I I thought certain that that today's opening would be from the Song of Prayer because fresh awareness is moment to moment. Awareness of unity that is shared. You know, that very first paragraph, changeless dwelling place, where, where they abide, there you are. It's not a solo experience by any stretch. But the awareness of God and the Son 
of God. Come to me fresh and new in awareness to the same degree that I can share them. Unshared, it's it's diffuse. It's sweetness. Um, It's sweetness spreads like the fragrance from a perfume. After a bit, the perfume isn't there. But shared, shared awareness, shared consciousness of truth, shared innocence, shared love, shared holiness is always fresh. It's always, always new. In that same way, love is that essence. And love, by definition, isn't love unless it's shared. In all those, in all those years I call my lost years, um, they were lost. Time was lost to me because its freshness wasn't being experienced by sharing. I was too lost in loss. <laughs> you know, I was overwhelmed with with grief for all those years. But it was the voice of Holy Spirit that said, find your people that brought me home. Home, by definition, is shared. You know, it isn't home unless everything that you love is there with you, right? Um, And it's the shared and mingled joy that makes home what home is. And that same way, he's inviting us to experience forgiveness. Because forgiveness is timeless. Forgiveness is, (laughs) it's built, look at the word, for give for is to return my mind to the truth to come home fresh to experience now after a while a couple years ago I noticed this thing happening Um, and it's it's just like he says in one of these paragraphs I forget which paragraph it is Timelessness, where is it? Timelessness comes quietly sneaking in on little cat paws. I noticed this thing where um, it felt as if something was always going ahead of me, arranging circumstances for my benefit. And I realize now that 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 is the experience of timelessness. It's only the notion of separation of of sin guilt fear condemnation blame judgment all of those um god you know if the ego had a toolbox can you imagine the weight of that thing um all of the ego tools that make timelessness um nothing more than a concept not an experience when those are gone when those elements that kept me separate are gone um, I started to understand that it's sin, guilt and fear that hold the continuity of time together 
because the past is always being projected to the future without an experience of now. The now experience that I learned to share makes the idea of something different tomorrow disappear. Um, and its lived experience is something fresh, always new today. And that's why at 14 minutes past the hour, uh, it finally occurred to me what today's opening should be, that this being human is a guest house where everything I welcome joyfully restores me to my truth of home regardless of how it appears. Forgiveness allows me to see it as a blessing, something cleaning me out of splinters and old thoughts and dead awareness and time held together by condemnation and judgment and fear of future. The present moment awareness can be exactly what it is. And the longer I sat and waited this morning, the more I became aware of the fact that this is exactly how trust develops. You know, so it's the last minute I went back and I read that final stage before acceptance. The Son of God learns to ask in every moment of everything, of every situation, exactly what it is he wants. And when I learned, finally, that my joy is sharing, that nothing worthy is worthy without being shared, um, I learned about timelessness, and I learned the meaning of trust. And the final idea I want to touch on this morning is that beautiful, beautiful lesson to place the future in the hands of God. What burden can I carry? What burden is there? What thought of fear or harm or danger can touch me? When God holds my future, what is future but more of now? And that's the invitation of today's lesson. This development of trust is what allows me to rest safely and surely. But it's not enough to rest for me anyway. It's not enough for me to rest because my fragrance, the fragrance of holiness disappears unless I share it. And so time's lesson for me is is beyond forgiveness. And I think that's what um, he's holding out for all of us, this joyful unity, this beautiful fragrance, this welcoming embrace that we can offer each other and receive from each other. You know, that's just as important to let blessings come to me as it is to let blessings proceed from me. And... Um, and I think that's what he means when he says, you who hold each other's hand, hold heaven. Um, it's the giving and the receiving. 
um, that make this place heaven and this time now and all fear of future gone and present trust being um, reality for me anyway it all sort of folds into um, folds into freshness and finally uh, I want to say how grateful I am the voice of God speaks through all of us because timelessness and the holy instant is um, communication and the only thing that can really be communicated is love in all its many splendors in all its many ways in the art um, art being that creative endeavor that um, happens when we blend our voices in the one voice I think I'm complete thank you all thank you so much Lori thanks for that thank you Lori Wow thanks Lori thank you Lori so beautiful and complete Lori I love the idea of the idea of sharing which makes it real otherwise we just keep it all to ourselves and we stay in separation yes thank you thank you Lori You've got Patricia with the chorus line all day today. You are my morning smoothie. <laughs> Blending our voices. I'm drinking in my morning smoothie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love that. Oh, what a bunch of kids we are. <laughs> that was great. Thanks, Patricia. Yeah, you got me going. It's so fresh. It's all raw and natural, just all organic. It just, it gets you going all day long. I'll tell you, it's a great diet, a morning smoothie. Thank you. This is Wendy. Um, Lori, your share reminded me of that song, Nature Boy, because uh, I love that idea that awareness is always like an open-eyed child. So I wanted to read the the poetry of it. There was a, a boy, a very strange, enchanted boy. They say he wandered very far, very far, over land and sea, a little shy and sad of eye, but very wise was he. And then one day, a magic day, he passed my way. And while we spoke of many things, fools and kings, this he said to me, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. The greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. I'm complete. Boy, that's just about the great greatest closing that could be Wendy <laughs> thank you beautiful beautiful Wendy thank you thank you Wendy
Thank you, Wendy. You never disappoint. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, Lori. Unless there's the a, a short closing that you want to bring for the recorded portion of the call, I think we just leave it there. I know. I agree. You, you and uh, Wendy both. Uh, <clears throat> brought what I was going to point towards uh, in a much more poetic fashion. So I think we'll just end the recording and uh, move on to the after call.